Hi, my name's Rob Pine. I am the champion of the underdog. Thank you for coming to my new podcast, which you will hear regularly. I'll be talking to my friends, Anthony Mick, and anyone else who listens about all this shit that is going down in the United States. Hello, comrades from around the world. People tell me not to get angry, but I tell you what, how could you not be angry with the lack of action on climate? The latest uh, reading is from Counterpunch. If we don't get climate justice, shut it down. It's dated September 28, 2021 by Patrick Mazza. If we don't get climate justice, what do we do? Shut it down. Call and response. When we took a downtown Seattle street in front of the Canadian consulate and Chase Manhattan and Bank of America branches and shut it down for one and a half hours last Friday. Our 350 Seattle activists took petitions signed by tens of thousands into all three locations demanding an end to funding fossil fuel infrastructure, especially tar sands pipelines, Line 3 in Minnesota and the Trans Mountain Pipeline in British Columbia, both of which cut through native lands. Outside, the crowd held signs strung climate crime crime scene tape, worked props such as the Bride and Trudeau puppet, did street theatre and made noise, lots of noise. The event was part of a nationwide wave of actions staged by Stop the Money Pipeline as part of the Deadline Glasgow defund climate chaos campaign intended to build on political and business leaders, build pressure on political and business leaders to take action equal to the climate crisis at the COP26 climate summit in Scotland on November 1 to 12. Ours was not intended to be an arrest action. The Seattle police were so good as to direct traffic around our blockade. The bike cops were nestled up against a building just out of sight, waiting to clear us, using their bicycles as weapons, in case the order was given. But the authorities let our limited time action pass, knowing it would just make a bigger story if the cops got violent. Over 40 activists were arrested at J.P. Morgan and Chase headquarters in New York. Today, September 24, the youth-led Fridays for the Future stages another wave of protests with a global climate strike themed Uproot the System. Hashtag Uproot the System. To find an event in your area, go here. And I'll put that link in the notes. I'll be heading out to the Seattle action a little time later today. Uprooting the system, shutting it down, looks like what we're going to have to do. The Glasgow Climate Summit the 26th such meeting since 1995 is being framed as the last chance to do something serious about the onrushing climate catastrophe. But based on the record, Glasgow is likely to fail. Carbon pollution and fossil fuel have steadily climbed upwards, as the chart in this article shows. Despite a renewable energy revolution, the fossil fuel share of global energy use has not budged. In 10 years, remaining at 80.3%. At the 2015 Paris Climate Summit, the world nations supposedly committed 
to hold global heating below 1.5 to 2 degrees. Yet even if they kept, kept their commitments, which they are not, CO2 pollution would rise by at least 16% from 2010 levels by 2030, and more likely 19%, compared to the 45% decline needed to hold the increases below 1.5 degrees, United Nations reports found. UN Chief Antonio Guterres said, The world is on a catastrophic pathway to 2.7 degrees of heating. Meanwhile, a new report shows that the 2016 shows that from 2016 to 2020, the world's 60 largest banks invested 3.8 trillion in fossil fuels. Chase was the biggest offender. A sane world would be dramatically cutting fossil fuel use now. CO2 concentrations are already at levels not seen in at least 3.5 million years before humans existed. When trees grew in Antarctica and sea levels were something like 65 feet higher. Levels might even be greater than they were 23 million years ago. John Lennon said, Our society is run by insane people for insane objectives, by maniacs for maniacal ends, like bank and oil company executives and their bought and paid for politicians who are driving the world headlong into catastrophe. This clearly isn't working. It is a time for sane people to get into the way in the way of business as usual and on a sustained basis. Glasgow is the last chance for the global climate process to retain a shred of credibility. If COP26 doesn't produce a solid plan to deeply cut climate-twisting pollution beginning immediately, which I hate to say is the likely outcome, it will it is time for serious mass direct action. People power shutdowns and opera occupations of corporate offices and operations and outside the home of top corporate and political leaders. Shutdowns of highways such as activists are now doing on the London Beltway. To make ourselves damned inconvenient. To non-violently throw sand in the gears. Stopping the flow on which business as usual depends. Two urban shutdowns. I have two examples in mind. I have participated in both. In the first week of May 1971, while the Vietnam War was raging around, 25,000 anti-war activists converged on Washington, D.C. with the theme, if the government doesn't stop the war, we'll stop the government. Lawrence Roberts recounts the now largely forgotten event in a recent book, May Day 1971. It is the largest civil disobedience mass arrest in U.S. history, over 12,000 in the course of the week. I was a young college student in D.C. at the time and was arrested on the second day. My constitutional rights were unjustly violated on Constitutional Avenue in front of the Justice Department, as was proven in a successful ACLU lawsuit from which I collected 2000 
$500 10 years later. It was Richard Nixon's words themselves in a late release of the White House tapes that nailed the case. Protesters were met by something like 14,000 police and military, including the 82nd Airborne. Nixon surrounded his White House with a barricade of city buses several layers deep. He later called May Day turmoil bordering on insurrection, though unlike the Capitol Hill events on January 6, it remained largely unviolent. May Day was the last, great, last of the great mass protests which had been building over several years. They were vital in persuading Nixon to re reject military proposals for the new use of nuclear weapons in Vietnam, knowing that this would cause even greater turmoil on the US streets. This is documented in Daniel Ellsberg, The Doomsday Machine. The protests are the reason for the US with the reasons the US withdrew, rather than making Vietnam another perma war. The second example on my, my home turf, the battle in Seattle, November 30, 1999, and the following days when around 50,000 people came out to protest the World Trade Organization meeting taking place in the city. We were opposing free trade agreements for the way they undermine labor rights and environmental protections. The Labor Environmental Coalition that staged the protests was called was called Turtles-Teamsters Alliance. I was one of around 10,000 that occupied the urban core, including the block where we staged the action last Friday. It was one of those unforgettable days of life, walking the line of body-armoured police surrounding the meeting at the Washington State Convention Center. Though there was a level of property destruction by black block anarchists, most of the protesters were peaceful. Can't say that about the cops. I learned something new that day. When you're hit by tear gas, don't rub your eyes. Wash out with water. Our presence outside strengthened the backs of developing nation representatives inside who were being pressured to open their markets even as the US and Europe kept subsidising their agriculture. A a prospective disaster for farmers in the developing world. What was to be the Seattle round of the WTO collapsed in failure. The next meeting in heavily fortified Doha set off the next round, but it failed for the same reason. In both cases, direct action got the goods. People standing up to powerful institutions in the streets, putting their bodies in the way throwing sand in the gears. One other example comes to mind, the Occupy movement. The deadline Glasgow actions last Friday were on the 10th anniversary of the beginning of the Occupy Wall Street encampment at Sakoti Park in New York City. Occupy spread all across the US. It only lasted a few months, but it left the world with an enduring meme of the 1%. It was the distant early warning of increasing struggles against wealth inequality that ramified the Sanders campaign and today's push for wealth taxation. I have worked with a number of people who were brought into activism by Occupy. It was a plant that flowered only briefly, 
but spread many seeds. Remember, it only takes 3.5%. It doesn't take the entire population in the streets to win. In fact, according to research by Harvard political activist Erica Chenoweth, if only 3.5% of the population are active in protests for causes that have general support, they win. Chenoweth and her team based the conclusion on a survey of 323 movements from 1900 to 2006. Importantly, they found that non-violent movements were successful in bringing change 53% of the time, twice the rate of movements that involve violence. That is because non-violence can engage more people. Another recent study found that another recent study should move us into the streets. A survey of 10,000 youth ages 16 to 25 in 10 countries revealed that the climate crisis affects how 45% feel and function every day. 75% are frightened of the future, 39% are thinking of not having children, and 56% believe the human race is doomed. Asked whether governments are doing enough, 65% said no, while 58% said governments are betraying them. The size of that sample indicates a high level of accuracy. That betrayed generation is reflected in the youth climate movement leading today's climate strike. They have not just been betrayed by governments, but by us older generations who are leaving them a legacy of a world descending into climate chaos, setting loose the apocalyptic horsemen of war, famine and disease. It is already too late to prevent extreme and long-term climate impacts. The least we can do, all we can do really, is to leave our children a world with which they can cope by beginning deep fossil fuel cutbacks immediately. We must make that our mission. And the way it looks, the only way we'll be able to accomplish that mission is by mass actions that shut down business as usual. And that article appeared on Raven and like many of our favourite readings, um, was reproduced by Counterpunch on the 28th of September, 2021. Okay, comrades, it's no longer time to listen. It's time to act. Get out there in the streets, banks, financiers, fossil fuel companies. we got to stop them. Business as usual has to stop. Thanks, comrades. See you on the street.